This is The Topic is Trek, episode 149, for Friday, November 17th, 2023. Coming up in this episode, okay, everybody, back to work. A very special auction item. The finale of Lower Deck Season 4. All that and more right now on The Topic is Trek. No new Trek? Uh, this is fine. Welcome to The Topic is Trek, the podcast that runs on impulse power. Join us for a journey where no show has gone before. If it has to do with Star Trek, there's a good chance we'll talk about it. Sooner or later, because on this show, The Topic is Trek. Engage already! Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another thrill-packed edition of The Topic is Trek. I am Clinton, one of your co-hosts here on the show. And as I always say, in order to be a co-host, I have to have two co-hosts. So I have one co-host tonight, so I don't... I guess that's, I'm still a co-host. Never mind. Yes, uh, Mr. Craig Stepp is in parts unknown, but this time apparently we have a transporter malfunction. We can't get him to beam in from where he is. Hopefully that mission behind Klingon lines is uh, going well, but still here to join me and picking up the mantle of having the hip new catchphrase that all the kids will be talking about tomorrow on the TikToks. It's Mr. Chuck Tomasi. Oh my God! They killed Kenny. Hmm. I'm sure they have at one point or another. So, <laughs> well, he must have been one of the red shirts. We'll just go yeah. with that. <laughs> I mean, one of the thousands and thousands of them. So, yeah, uh, it works as well as I even have so far. And Ensign Kenny, much. go out and, and <laughs> go get some soil samples, Ensign Kenny. <laughs> Well, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. Uh, any any particular plans coming up for you? Not immediately, but uh, as soon as Craig comes back from the Klingon neutral zone or wherever he went, uh, we will be visiting him on his oh. home turf. So I've got a work-related thing in Charlotte, so I'll be stopping by and seeing Kim and Craig and bringing along Donna. So the four of us are going to hang out and have a fun weekend. Excellent. Most excellent indeed. We're just going to have the family over. Uh, we're going over to a, a friend's house, uh, listener Diane's house, as a matter of fact. Oh, very nice. Um, Tell her uh, we said hello. I will. I will. Although indeed. she's probably listening and hello. <laughs> there you go. I'll save you a trip. <laughs> All right. But I think it's about time to, well, I shouldn't say it's about time to start subspace chatter because as you know, in order to start subspace chatter, we first have to ask Charlie, if it's okay. So, Charlie, is it okay to start subspace chatter? Or is he invited over for Thanksgiving? Not in my house. <laughs> you don't need all that subspace chatter. And that's why. <laughs> Not in my house. <laughs> that's a soundbite right there. <laughs> <laughs> I almost lost me on that one. I don't know why I thought that was so funny. All right. On with our first article. When comicbook.com sat down to speak with Chris Pine during the press junket for Disney's upcoming film, Wish... The reporter decided to take a shot and ask the big question. Are there any Star Trek updates? But alas, Pine had nothing. 
He said he wasn't. He, he hasn't even seen any scripts. In addition, Zachary Quinto has been cast in an upcoming NBC medical drama, Dr. Wolf. This could complicate any filming schedules if a movie is scheduled anytime soon. We have links for the articles in episode number 149 over at com. So it's it's hard to say whether or not this is a a thing that we need to be concerned about that that Zachary Kinto has a a role because we don't you know you got that one person who we had never that I had never heard of before saying oh yeah we're still working on the script it's going it's who who are you and and what does this mean and 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 no one else seems to know anything at all so fanfic script some guy in the basement <laughs> I'm working on it. Well, speaking of filming that uh, probably doesn't ex- use any actual film, production on season three of Strange New Worlds is now set to begin on December 11th yes! and will continue through July of 2024. That's a lot of production. But you know what? That show is worth it. Absolutely. But it also means, as we suspected, I just don't see any way that this thing is going to premiere in 2024. No. I mean, it'd be the very end if you're lucky, yep. but I've just got this feeling we're talking about 2025 Yep, with it, which is, it's a, you know, it's a long time to wait. <laughs> you might get the first episode or so out late in 24, but mm. that's, that's pushing it. Fingers crossed. And who knows, maybe, you know, with the strike, Hollywood wants to fast track some things. Oh, they want to fast track everything. I'm sure <laughs> we got some we got some time, some ground to make up. All right, moving right along, we wanted to note the passing of director Robert Butler, who died earlier this month at the age of 95. That's a full life. Mm-hmm. Mr. Butler was the director of the original Star Trek pilot, The Cage. He also directed the pilot for the '60s Batman series and the pilot for Moonlighting. Ah, uh, yes, young Bruce Willis former bartender the pilot for hill street blues was among that as well as lois and clark the new adventures of superman and co-created the tv series remington steel wow that's iconic stuff mm-hmm. yeah um and apparently mostly just dealt with pilots and you know kind of interesting you, you think about that that you probably have the most pressure but the most freedom at the same time when you're directing the pilot because there's nothing else to refer to <laughs> no, so no you're precedent yeah <laughs> you're you're you know you're involved with you know the 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 look the the just the mood of what's going on and everybody else has to kind of pick up from where you've been now for Climbing on 60 years, everybody has to say, oh, okay, well, this is the way Trek is. And he's one of the people that said, yeah, this is the way Trek is. So pretty amazing. I remember that um, it was a couple of years ago when uh, uh, the Roddenberry archives in, in cooperation with that uh, company that's doing all the digitizing of stuff, they, w- they did um, this little bit about the cage set. They had an actress that looked like the, the yeoman from... Um, the cage and they had a, uh, like a virtual set. Yeah. And, and Robert Butler came onto the set and was, was looking at it. I thought, what a strange, a strange paradox for this person. It's like, it's been over 50 years and he's looking at essentially the thing he did 50 years ago. Wow. Just was a, 
Amazing. So we have a link uh, not only to the article about uh, uh, from I forget I think it was from Variety about um, his passing, but also his IMDb page. So scroll through that if you want to be impressed by somebody's uh, list of accomplishments. Ninety-five years old. Next up, the surprise story of the season is how an item uh, received as part of a storage locker auction has caught the attention of Trek fans everywhere. It appears to be the original three-foot model of the Enterprise. Why? How do you we normally valid- think of the twelve-foot model? Right. right. How do you validate the authenticity on this thing? Well, um, what's been happening is, well, first of all, um, people were made aware when this auction suddenly popped up. So the auction was not up for very long. It came down. Pardon me for a second. I'm going to mute. Yeah, be the uh, the. I don't know how much they spent on that locker, but it was worth the investment this time. Right. So uh, Rod Roddenberry is now in talks through an intermediary with the seller about getting this thing back. Hey, it's mine. <laughs> well, it was your dad. So I guess in, to, what happened is that um, this model. Now, again, you, you normal thing about the 12 foot model when you think about Star Trek, the one at the Smithsonian. Yeah. Well, this model was the first one delivered, and you can see we've got a photo up on screen of Gene Runberry looking at the model <laughs> with it filming the cage. It's just sitting on his desk like everybody has one of these. <laughs> well, yeah. So after after the the series was all done, and next it was used for effect shots. It's in some episodes. There's an episode where it's sitting on a desk. Um, after it was done, Gene took the model and he put it had it fitted on a flexible microphone stand and mounted on a base. So all of a sudden you have this model appear in this auction, same base, same mic stand, oh. and lots of photos of it. And so you have these different people. Now, he said that, Doug uh, Drexel said that uh, Michael Kuda is involved in this now as well, as far as, you know, trying to authenticate this thing. But I was watching a video where they were going through piece by piece the different things that this person could identify, particular notches in certain places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, and one of the kickers is underneath it, at the bottom of the stand, is taped the business card of the person who made the models. Oh, yeah, that's kind of hard to forge. It's one of the things Rod hopes to do with this thing when when he gets it back, hopefully is for the Roddenberry archives to do one of those deep scans, um, 3D scans, so you can have yeah. that virtual model. Uh, he also would like it to be with its big brother at the Smithsonian. I don't know whether or not the Smithsonian would be interested or not. It's, <laughs> it, it is kind of beat up because it was, you know... It was it was beat up during filming, and then it was sitting yep. on Gene's desk, and, and now it's, it's been, been in sitting storage. in a locker. Yeah, it's got water damage on it. Oh, you have the the nacelles are a little bit, you know, droopy. droopy. Yeah, that type of thing. But still, it is a piece of history. It has to sit under the stairways for you know a good twenty years or so. You know, it's got to it's got to work its way up to that showcase status that its big brother has. Right. First, it's going to make you know, be up there, and then it's going to be in the, the gift shop. That's, right, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for you, little, model, little brother. Then lock it away for a good long time. Then you got to go through a restoration. <laughs> and then take it away for like two years and then bring it back again. So 
it's a long road ahead. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a, it's a journey. All right. So we got a couple of what I was uh, trying to uh, deem uh, quick hits here about sure. the just things that we have happening. So I think you get the first one. December 25th is going to be a special day aside from, you know, the traditional celebration that many people around the world already know. That's because season one of Star Trek Prodigy shows up on Netflix on that day. Woohoo! Yes. We're hoping that the show will get a legion of fans it deserves. This is season one, people, not the mysterious season two. So don't don't get so excited. But Netflix, season one, Prodigy, Christmas Day, you all get an extra present. So I would recommend, you know, for all those fans of Prodigy out there, and I know there they are there are many, let everybody else know that that's they if they most people have Netflix. So December 25th, they can start binging if they want to. They can actually, I think, I don't think they, I think they, I think they announced they were all going to be at one time because why not? Sure. It's not, they're really not, because they're not really even premiering it, quote unquote, because Paramount Plus did that. Has it been two years, three years? How long has this been now? Uh, Prodigy was this year. Wow. I'm, I am seriously messed up on time because later we're talking about the end of season four of Lower Decks. What, four seasons already? How did that happen? Well, I remember Prodigy actually started the prior year, but we only get the first oh, 10 Oh, that's episodes. right. Yeah, it, it, it was a long and drawn out thing. That's why I'm thinking it was so, okay. Right, right. So the premiere was quite a while ago. What else you got? Uh, okay, the next up, we have a former blimp hangar in Orange County, California has burned down. Oh, no. It was used for filming several movies and served as the shuttle hangar in Star Trek 09, where Zachary Kinto and Leonard Nimoy Spock met. So that's when they came face to face with each other. Uh, yeah, it's gone. It was also used in a number of Mythbusters experiments, too. Yeah, and it it, it was. Uh, or was that the other one at Alameda? I, maybe it was. Maybe I'm thinking of a different. Oh, you hangar. could be. You could be right. But it was because it was used for other other productions. Yeah. And one more from you, Chuck, I think. Here. Jonathan Frakes has confirmed that he will be directing some of Strange New Worlds in season three. Woohoo! Yay! No, just, I, I like his plot. I like his directing. Indeed. And uh, the actors seem to like it too. Yes. They speak very highly of him uh, as, as like a collaborator, as, as someone who understands as well as... Uh, uh, just in speaking with the actors on the Star Trek cruise and uh, on various podcasts, they he is really loved in his technique and his style. He's not a brute force. He's not, you know, he doesn't come in and go, this is the way we're doing it and, and you'll do it this way. So, yeah, I I would love to be a fly on the wall sometime at one of those productions. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you, being an actor doesn't necessarily make you a great director. But if you were an actor and now a director, you at least appreciate fully that yeah. side of the, the camera. And and he says in his own words, he says, I feel I'm a far better director than actor. He really doesn't bill himself as an actor anymore. Although, you know, we've seen him in Picard and he did a right. fine he, job. Yeah. He expressed a lot of reservations about returning as Riker when he went back on Picard because he said, I haven't acted in like ages and you know these other people act all the time and it's how like, could uh, you not though he is so natural in that role absolutely he made it his own yep 
Yep. All right. Quickly, in Vulcan, Alberta, Canada news, we don't have anything on Star Trek at the moment. However, tech giant Amazon is investing in its first Canadian wind farm, and it's going to be located in Vulcan County in Alberta. <laughs> we bring you the obscure news or whatever, if, even if it's remotely involved with Vul- Vulcan, Alberta, Canada. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So they're up and coming. Now, we have a lot more stories that we didn't get a chance to cover. Oh Matter of fact, we have over 100. Is that a new high? I think it is. 107. Although we did have, what, an extra week or so. Right, right. So it's not it's not an apples to apples comparison, as they say. And I don't know why they compare apples all the time. It doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, so you can find those over in the show notes for episode 149 over at the topic is trek.com. All right, now comes my favorite part of the show, and that's when I get to say <clears throat> goodbye, Charlie. I want to stay, 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 stay. For the pumpkin pie, pie, pie. <laughs> Keeping with the holiday theme. <laughs> Excellent. No, not in my house. <laughs> Charlie, go away, go away. How can I say go away? Just make his own door and come in. It doesn't make any sense. I can't. <laughs> All right, so our main mission with an appropriate sound effect. Main mission. Let's see. Oh, you know what? We'll do the happy tribbles. Ah, They're happy. They've got all their Christmas shopping done already. <laughs> Amazon's a wonderful thing. <laughs> and the wind farm will be great, too, for a Vulcan Alberta, Canada. What, what, what is a triple order on Amazon, anyway? A comb? A shaver, uh, yeah. <laughs> Quattrotriticalian? I don't know. Oh, my. Not that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, let's get some background info on what we're going to be talking about. Uh, You want to give us a little lowdown there? uh, Yes. This is the final episode, episode 10 of season four called Old Friends, New Planets, which premiered, well, a few weeks before we recorded this. November 2nd, as a matter of fact. I think it was on my way back from London at that time. I don't know how I watched this. It must have been right after I got back. But uh, written by Mae Darman and directed by Bob Suarez. And the show synopsis is that Mariner confronts her former Starfleet classmate, Nick Lacarno. Meanwhile, the crew of the Cerritos disobeys orders and attempts to rescue the Lieutenant Junior Grade. So they get our... They injected her into canon. <laughs> I love this <laughs> right i mean literally that's your first shot when they come back is like oh there she is you know in starfleet academy walking with them all now it's very easy to overlook when you think of robert duncan mcneil you always think of tom paris but it's easy to overlook his earlier character of nicholas lacarno from Starfleet Academy, when Wesley Crusher was there, they were doing that illegal maneuver, you know, the, the, the band maneuver to try and do that star formation. And one of their team crashed and burned and died. And now they're on trial for it. So, you know, great storyline there. But he was sort of you know, like many things, lower decks. They really go deep for the references on this one. And I just love this. Nick Licardo. Oh, my gosh. But it was fun to listen to, uh, to to hear Robbie do the voice. Uh, I am an avid listener of the Delta Flyers podcast. He mm-hmm. did not mention a thing about this, never a word. That's what blew me away. Like usually they're 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 giving some hints, like oh you know I'll be appearing on an upcoming production of something you might be aware of, and uh, 
So I thought, I thought this was a fun surprise. Yeah. I think if he had done that, I think, you know, fans would be pretty quick to connect those dots together. Well, the assumption would be he'd be coming as Tom Paris. So boy, I'm looking no, at his plate true. signed or what. And wait, didn't he, we, maybe he already made it. Am I imagining that? Did he already make an appearance? He did. Uh, well, he, he, he made an appearance as Tom Paris. Yes. Yes. That's what it was. So he's back as Nick Lacarno. And and an older Nick, of course, you know, because years have passed. Although they appear to be a few more years for Nick than they were for Mariner. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, 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 this whole how old is 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 Beckett Mariner is starting to like okay, I'm starting to piece this all together here. I did I did um, get a kick out of the fact that when he does appear on screen, you have the banter back and forth between. Um, uh, um, uh, Rutherford and uh, Boimler about oh he he looks just like Tom Paris I don't see it I don't yeah see it. Uh, that was I fell off the chair laughing at that one good they they had to do it they had to do it <laughs> he looks just like Tom Paris uh, I don't see it <laughs> very 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 weird but uh oh I made note of the fact that we didn't see the entire Nova squad because there were five and we only had the four people having the discussion oh, with right. Mariner. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I forget where I was, what I was watching when they mentioned it, but let's see if I can call this up here. Uh, yeah. At the very beginning, right when they are walking in Starfleet Academy in the wide shot, and if you're like me, the first thing you focus on is, oh, is that Boothby yes. over there? Yes, he's, he's a very well-placed distraction. Because there are five people walking, and one of them turns around, waves, and run, and walks away like they've got to get to class. That's the other member of Nova okay. Squad. Okay. That's Gene Hajar. I think, I think that's <laughs> the character's name. So they were all there. But just one of them went off to to go to class or something. So good on you for for at least holding that together. Makes me wonder if there was some sort of discussion about you know actors or contracts or are you available? Are they still around? Yeah, that that they had to write it that way. Well, the the actress who who played Sido, uh, um, uh, she she was no longer acting. She was. She worked, uh, I think it's something in healthcare now or, or with, I forget exactly what, but they had a, a hard time locating her, but they, they really wanted to have her on. So um, uh, Mike McMahon and company tracked her down and uh, he's, he's anxious to get her to a convention because she's just like been so, you know, out of it for all this time. And now here she is. She's now been in, you know, two different series. That sounds like one of those things you do when you're introducing yourself to a new team. Two truths and a lie. Yeah, I was on Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> I was on, you know, Star Trek Next Generation. And uh, it's like, come on. You're, you're, no. This is your new nursing team. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying that one. <laughs> That's definitely the lie. Here's a picture of me at the con last weekend. <laughs> Eh, Photoshop is a wonderful thing they would say. But anyway, uh, so I don't know. What do you, could you make any sense? Uh, I was trying to figure out how Nick Lacarno was able to cobble together this fleet 
because clearly none of these people get along with each other. And right. I don't know if the, I don't know if the his whatever I'm not sure what he promised them that he was going to be able to be more powerful than the Federation and the Klingon Empire and the Romulan Empire just because he had one Genesis device or something. And, and they're all junior officers or something. Yeah. <laughs> the only commonality they had was they were lower deckers from different ships and nobody was really in charge, but ultimately Nick was in charge. So it 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 seemed like the worst confederation I've ever seen. <laughs> and I, I like the fact that, you know, Mariner keeps poking holes in it, talking to the the various uh, groups like the the Ferengis and um, I think the, the Romulans about oh so you got to have permission to do this stuff or whatever and they all fluff it off but when it comes down to it as soon as Nick gives them an order yeah. they go and and you're trying to boss us around tell right. us what to do that's that's what I meant before and and they stick in things like the binaries came up with what was it a trinary shield yes like that that's just wrong. <laughs> oh, I get it. There's three of them. Oh, yes. <laughs> How's that work now? <laughs> yeah. How does it? What What happened to the fourth one? I want to know. I guess they get left on the on the the ship or something. They, they threw a warship at the shield. <laughs> yeah. I, I when I was seeing that, I thought I know that we often talk about these things that just seem to show up in multiple series, but boy, that was. That was one of them. It was like you threw a starship at a shield. And I'm going, you know, isn't that kind of like Riker throwing the starship and, yep. and, um, and you know, but that, that the villains from the, the, the asteroid and it's hard to tell who drew inspiration from whom or if it was at all, because it was similar. But you think about the production schedules that were happening I don't know uh, if there was collaboration there or not. It's tough to tell. But actually, actually, Riker threw the. Uh, boy, I'm trying to remember my Picard now. Riker threw the star. Did Riker throw the starship or the or the S? So the, the there there was some kind of ship throwing going on. Both of them. There did. was. I can't remember who. Yeah. Which one threw which? But the, yeah. Okay. Um, but we have to explain how they got a hold of that starship because we're we're bidding farewell at least temporarily to one of the characters, right? Because in order to get that ship, which turns out to be just dead weight—no pun intended—Tendi uh, had to essentially promise to go back to Orion. Yeah, she went to Orion and challenged her sister or ask her for help. But the only way she would give it was what through combat or. Uh, whatever it was, she says, if barter, I, barter through via combat, something, something along those barter lines, you know, if I win, you know, you give me the ship. If I lose, uh, you know, I'll stay here with you or something, um, which struck me as odd because why would her sister want her around if she's the older supremer? Well, I guess she lost in battle, so she's not supreme anymore. Right. I think that. Now her sister has, uh, or as rather refers to him, her Tendi two. No can do Tendi two. Um, <laughs> we we have to talk about <laughs> Miglimo's defense. Yeah, so she she does this, you know, barter by combat, and she has a plan. You choose your champion, and certainly the person you 
first person you think of to be the the strong, studly person. You don't think of Shax or or Ransom or anybody. No, you think of Miglimo. <laughs> but but she, she had a plan. She had a plan because she knew that. What was her sister's name? Um, um, Derica. Yeah, she picked you know big, strong, burly woman from her team who's like three times anyone's size, but. Tendy knew that she had an allergy to feathers. So she calls out for Miglimo to fluff his feathers, which sends the other warrior into a an allergic reaction. And he he almost won, but she fell on him. Right. Now he was still moving and she wasn't, but she had essentially pinned him. So I think that's why, because I'm thinking, but he was he was still flapping his wing. Yeah, but he couldn't get up. So I think it was like he got pinned. Could have just been a nervous convulsion reaction. <laughs> well, that's true too. Get that. But I thought it was also interesting is that apparently, because the the uh, the barter was that if they won, that they would get this the ship, right? And if they lost, they would have to give over the Cerritos. And of course, they lost. And I thought it was very interesting that apparently all you have to do to transfer ownership of a starship <laughs> is to pull out your your pad, oh, thumbprint. thumbprint and swipe and have the other person put their thumb in. And that's it. I can't wait to buy a car in the future because it ain't like that yet. <laughs> so, wow, that is super simple and convenient. <laughs> it's easier than Carvana. <laughs> <laughs> but Tendy can't let that happen. So she... To say, that's when she says, you know, uh, I will come back. Yeah. If you give us, the, if you give us this ship to rescue our friend and, and she does give them the ship. Uh, it's the, basically um, got no parts inside, no, no usable things. It's a shell. Right. And the, sh- the ship is called, uh, what is that name? It's like, uh, not the, not the Avenger. It's like, um, oh, the retribution. The retribution. <laughs> Someone went looking through a thesaurus for that one. <laughs> I do like, however, that when they got over there and they were trying to make everything work, you had a nice callback because all of a sudden now Rutherford has to work with um, Livick. Oh, and they're at each other's throats. It, so how do they resolve it? The Southern gentleman way. You get on a gambling boat and, and hash it like out. Mark Twain. The Mark Twain thing. It's like, they did not just do that. And Livick went along with it. <laughs> and it worked. And and Captain Freeman has, how, did this, how does this work? I don't understand. Why does this work? <laughs> well, they also tried it with the Nausicaan, too. It was like, no. But when it, it didn't work. Right. <laughs> What is this bonsai? <laughs> but Boimler thought it was beautiful. <laughs> and Boimler gets to be captain of the Cerritos. Oh, yes, for a little bit. And you'll notice that when he stands up, both both Freeman and Boimler, when they stand up to address, you know, uh, Lacarno on the screen or or the uh, the admiral on the screen, pl- feet. From uh, firmly planted and angled, yes, off to the side. <laughs> Did they get that from somewhere? I'm thinking that was 
that wasn't originally theirs. It feels like it's drawn from somewhere. It wasn't DS9. It was, um, uh, I'm not placing it, but it, it looks so cliche familiar. Right. It's very, very classic. You know, I am in charge here and this is my ship. And it's, uh, it just, it, it was in it because they made a point of showing you that shot of Freeman. The powerful stance. Yeah. And then Boimler does exactly the same thing. <laughs> nice captaining, you know. <laughs> You have to have the, you work on the stance. It's like cosplay. (laughs) (laughs) Get your pose down. Now we also had a, a very big homage to another Star Trek franchise thing. One, which is very seldom referenced, um, in shows or other Star Trek movies being Star Trek Two: the wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Because we have a Genesis device. <laughs> it's a and, mini. It, it's a knockoff. It's a Ferengi Genesis device. <laughs> although it, it it still has the same fog and everything. And it's shaped exactly <laughs> the same way. But it's a smaller it's a, one. It's a desktop version. <laughs> but when they when the chase comes, they both go inside of essentially the Mutara Nebula with the appropriate music. Also, yep. the, the same music. I thought it was interesting. The same music was used. The... Uh, the James Horner beats were used when um, the retribution smashed into the trinary shield. Those, those are definitely oh, good cues there as well. They even had many of the same shots, you know, the, the top down where they're crossing over. Uh, and the staticky are, screen. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. I was laughing at every scene going, yeah, they did that. <laughs> I have seen this before. Oh, I did see it. It was like three weeks ago. <laughs> I just watched <laughs> Wrath of Khan. It's always <laughs> scary when you do something like that. And then they come at you and go, wow, it's almost as scary as Alexa offering you things that you were just looking at on the web. <laughs> That's right. I'm watching you, Wisnowski. <laughs> I'm watching your playlist. I'm always, always watching, watching your playlist. <laughs> And Mariner wants to detonate this thing on um, an uninhabited world. Um, they don't, I can't remember if they, if, if she got to the planet or not, because it was pulling in matter to form the planet. So I don't know. I don't know if she ever got to, I can't remember if she got to Detrion 9, which is where she was going because she was going to detonate it there because it was an uninhabited world. But it goes off. And the the matter that's around forms a planet and, and a star. <laughs> uh, well, there was already a star. There was already, they were already in a planetary system, so I can't imagine. How could you have a star. how could you have a nebula in a planetary system? <laughs> this is just I'm I'm not going to argue the physics of Star Trek, let alone a Star Trek cartoon. <laughs> you sure thought about all the environment and all that stuff. Um. But they named the planet Locarno because his he's in there. His his atoms are scattered in there somewhere. Ah, uh, so any other thoughts on this week? Oh, we got some cameos. We got uh, yep. cameos of the archaeologist from <clears throat> that um, Meredith was working with for a while. We we saw Guji, yep, in there. Uh, we saw a lot of the people, uh, the the secondary characters from Lower Decks in various shots when. Um, Freeman is giving her speech about I'm going to go rescue my daughter and I, I can't ask if any of you to 
you know, to do this because it's against orders. And of course, everybody says, we're, we're, we're there. We're with you. Yeah. Very, very wrath of Khan. The, um, I also think we finally, finally wrapped up the whole Mariner story of the angst and the anger and whatnot with her discussion with Locarno. Well, that's what I'm wondering. I'm hoping. Because, you know, now you've got the, the character established for four years doing certain things. And how will the character change if the character changes? Because the one thing I desperately do not want to see is a fallback no. to old Mariner because we've fallen back. You know, that was a big disappointment for me this season was we 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 fell backwards. One step forward, two step back in some cases. Right. And um, yeah, because she became more unhinged. Yeah. Really. So I'm I'm interested to see what this character looks like in season five. Yeah, there's a whole opportunity to take her in a new direction now that she's, well, hopefully matured and gotten out of that phase. Right. So take her in a new direction because now she's in sync. With yeah. the, and she's okay. certainly got more experience than most of the other lower deckers because she's been promoted and demoted, what, how many times? That's right. Sounds like she's so got, when they get know, demoted 15, the first time, no, 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 that's not when weird. it sounds like she's got about 15 years more experience going <laughs> to all these other planets and whatnot. Sure. Some of that was with her parents when she was younger, but she's been around and been in Starfleet longer is my impression. Uh, so hopefully that will play into some future storylines. And she knows the traveler. And she, she knows the what was it? The, the what did she say? She she rattled off some like security code and goes, "I knew that'd come in handy someday." <laughs> yeah, it's basically her mother's uh, security code. Apparently, she, she never changes. <laughs> You'd think I, I at work I have to change my password every ninety days. How is this not a thing for starship captains? Nope, nope, not needed. Not needed. Once again, security on Starfleet ships is the worst. What do you mean? It's a five-digit code that that's that you know, no one could possibly run a five-digit code to take down somebody's shields. Come on! And, and if you notice, on uh, doing a throwback to the old Wrath of Khan, they had five digits, but you could only use each digit once. So that really cut down your combinations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bit of a bit of too deep of trivia there, maybe. Uh, we got some comments in here. It's yes, is so small. What do we got here? What do we got? Uh, Jared Cooper says, "Thank you, Chuck Tomasi. Time to get ready for the cruise." Yes, it is. We're only what's sixty ninety days away from that. Something like that. It's it's coming up quick. He also said, um, "Federation ship names and call numbers make for great work passwords." <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I think we have to have a minimum of 12 characters on ours. So yeah, get up to nine with things like Voyager. Uh, well, there's a retribution. You can use that there, one. Nope. There's a freebie right there for you. NCC. Oh, wait, it's not a Federation ship. I also thought it was interesting that uh, Locarno ship, did you get the vibe when we saw inside a ship, to me, the first thing that struck me was, oh, it's Star Trek 09. Oh, my gosh, yes. I, I expected many lens flares. Yeah. It was very white and clean. And, I mean, it it was a very clean design from the outside. It seemed like it was way bigger inside. Maybe it's a TARDIS. But it, it was, it, it looked like a compact, almost slightly larger than a two-person shuttle. You know, it didn't that's look much bigger I, than the Delta Flyer earlier yeah. on. 
But when they went inside this thing, you know, long corridors, going, whoa, okay, uh, maybe it was a perspective thing. Yeah, because, you know, I remember that shot of the Klingon Bird of Prey and the Enterprise from Star Trek Three. Yeah. And because you have no reference point, it's hard to tell how small the Bird of Prey is in comparison to the Enterprise because they look like they're almost the same size in the shot they kind of are angled to each other. Yep. And so, yeah, I couldn't really, you couldn't really gauge how big it was. Like the defiant, very, very deceptive of what the space inside is. But apparently there's a number of decks. uh, You don't get that when you first look at the defiant. Right, right. Uh, The other thing that I noticed, which I thought was, I thought it was amusing to see this because we're animated when there was an explosion on the deck, there were sparks. <laughs> yeah, gotta have sparks. I expected, you know, some corrugated conduit with smoke coming out of it to fall out of the ceiling next. I didn't see any rocks. I didn't see any space rocks go flying around on the bridge, but definitely. <laughs> Jared's sparks. giving us passwords now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear me. <laughs> it must contain one or more digits and one or more symbols. <laughs> I don't think you had any lowercase letters in there. Well, you see, oh, yeah, you you see yeah, live long and prosper emoji. That, that'll be your symbol that you can put in there. I don't, now you got me wondering if you could actually use emojis in your password. That would suck to type every time, but. <laughs> Make it super secure. I'm not going to use that poop emoji. <laughs> but Sir Patrick Stewart voiced a poop emoji in the, in the emoji movie. Oh, well, then I, I guess maybe I could. Wow. There's a, there's a random tie in if there ever was one. Make it work. Make it work however you can. All, All right. right. Do what, we have anything else to say about... Uh, what are we rating these on? One to ten binars? <laughs> yeah, because we probably can so have more fun. than two and less than... Yeah. If there are ten of them, would they be decimars or something? Hmm. It, uh, I mean, we saw we saw more than two of them on the bridge of the Enterprise. They didn't refer to themselves. As the, I don't know, it's very strange. It's, they were it's quite, a, a pair of binars. They were two pairs. Yeah. Aye, All right, aye, you aye. go first with your. All right, I am. I, this is the final episode. They wrapped up a lot of things, had a lot of deep cuts and a lot of good back references. I uh, thought it was a lot of fun. Little confusing when you get to the whole coalition of of these different people, why they're even working together, uh, and and what do you expect to do with a bunch of junior grade officers? You know, you're not going to get top performance out of all of them. So it, 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 it I, I'm going to go with, you know, an eight and a half. I, I enjoyed it very much, but there was, there was some confusion in there, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely about half, know, a, half a binar. What is that? A nibble? <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke in there. Technical people. Half a bite is called a nibble. There you go. See, you learned something today. Are you happy? Um, I, in addition to that, I thought that there was some, you talk about things kind of not all being there. One of the things that I thought was a very strange omission, you had to fill it in yourself and you could do it. But you, if I recall correctly, when we leave the first half of the story, yes, we have to remember that the people stranded on the planet had gotten a hold of a Klingon ship because you never really are told point blank how Boimler and everybody is back on the Cerritos. Yeah. 
and they apparently are the ones that gave the information or, 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 you know, filled in some gaps about what was going on here. So I, I think that there was just missing things in here as yep. well. Yep. And who knows? Maybe they had to cut them from the script due to timing or whatever, but it, it, it left us scratching our heads. And the other thing for me is that I, I'm nervous about this idea that we're being told that, okay, that Mariner is done or that Mariner, those issues that Mariner has in particular are all taken care of. It's all because I felt like, well, we had whole episodes where she worked through issues with, with her mother, with herself and all these other things. We kept seeming to resolve that. And now we've resolved it again. And I'm hoping that this time it's, but I'm worried about, you know, you know, fool me twice and now fool me the third time. (laughs) Fool me seven or more times. Shame on me. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that we're done with that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what of Tendi. Yeah. Yes. Now, uh, uh, Mike McMahon said that she would be back. So it's not like she's permanently gone, Yeah. but that she has, he said something like she has things she has to do. And so I think that I felt like this was one of the reasons why they introduced to Lynn when they did is because mm. they knew that you're going to have the story arc for Teddy and you want to keep the four people at a core. So you have that person come in. They're there for the entire season beforehand. Jared is saying for season five, we need to introduce a previously unseen Mariner sibling like Buffy. I was thinking more Cybok or Michael. <laughs> Cause we can do that. And they probably would being lower decks. Mm-hmm. Although we, the, uh, the previous week when they were stuck in the cave, we heard a lot of things that we missed, like uh, Rutherford had a baby. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, they can do anything they want with that show. All right. So I think, did I rate it? Did I give it? I think it was good. I didn't hear a 8. number. 8.5? I, I was wavering between an 8 and an 8.5. I'll give it I'll give it an 8.5, trying to be optimistic that this time they meet it about Mariner. Because you know. eight would be too easy. That's two to the third. And, you know, you can't have an actual power of two. That would that too, be my, too way too binary. That was my thinking as well, to clearly <laughs> in the whole thing. Leave the yeah. computer geeks to the engineers. <laughs> so really quickly, I wanted to uh, see if you had any thoughts about the season as a whole, because, you know, now we're in the oh, fourth right. year of this show. And, you know, we've. We had an, a story arc in this. Yep. Which led yes, and they to they they led that very slowly and carefully. Like, what is this with this ship that's zapping other ships? You know, had us wondering, and they really didn't cover it too much throughout. It was just sort of this shows up at the beginning, and the rest of the story goes on. You're like, okay, they're gonna have to get to this storyline sooner or later. Uh, I thought that was very well done. I, I really did. They didn't burn that candle too fast. Uh, in some cases, like, come on, get on with it. But they they were dropping hints here and there. Uh, I very right, much enjoyed this season. I don't think we got any further than just those bits at the beginning. Right. 
close to halfway through the season when we at least when we yeah, yeah like season uh, episode six or seven is when they started going oh and you know mention mention then go on um yeah i i thought it was interesting that there were two episodes i think there was at least two episodes where it wasn't mentioned at all mm-hmm and I don't know if that was a mistake because to me that started to feel like mm, story's not the storyline is not quite strong enough to kind of carry every episode of mention. It's we're we kind of we we don't want to feed it out too much because we have to surprise at the end, and so we're just not even going to address it at all in these episodes. The caves was one of those episodes where it's not even brought up at all in the episode. Uh, so I, I felt like, do they have a weak storyline going here? And I'm not saying you have to have a strong storyline. As far as I'm concerned, it's, it, it borders on episodic to begin with. So when you have a storyline, but if you're going to introduce it, it's like, boom, right away. See, you know, episode one of the season, starts doing it, then you're, you're committing to that, that that's the thing. Yeah. And, and I felt, well, it took a long time to get to the second piece of information and then a while to get to the third piece of information. And it, it got to the point where it's like, I, I kind of forgot that that thing was going on and that you shouldn't forget that that's the thing that's going on. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be the big, it's a two-parter at the end of the season. Yeah. It, it, so, it, it, it almost had like a Red Angel feeling to it. Like, yeah. Yeah, let's let's keep going with this. Yeah. 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 Actually, yeah, it does. It did, did have a feeling like that. So I I enjoyed the season. I I think I just, when I got to the end, I went, yeah, just, it wasn't really like, to me, it was the equivalent of, the discovery season with a scream caused the burn. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I just felt like, okay, it's Nick Lacarno and he's got a ragtag group of. And he's, he's pissed off because he got kicked out of Starfleet. That was, that was the whole motivation. So, okay. <laughs> but you know, somehow for lower decks that works because they can play with the ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, it's a lower, it's a lower, it's a high stakes slash lower stakes. <laughs> right. So I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the episodes. I just felt, I just felt like there's a story arc. Mm, need a bit more. Oomph. Oomph. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a thin spindly twig at first. Yes, exactly. Um, and we got season five co- coming up next year. Uh, I was thinking about that fact that we thought it was going to be a kind of a, bleak year for Trek next year because you know things are ending and so forth. Right. But really when you think about it, we'll have 10 weeks of lower decks. We'll have 10 weeks of discovery. Yep. The only thing we don't know is will they release Stranger all World. 20 oh. episodes oh, of right. Prodigy at once, or are they going to week to week it? In which case it probably is going to overlap with one of these other shows. Hmm. Joy for us. Yeah. Well, something we have to think about, and maybe we should, you know, ask the the listeners as well, is if Netflix were to binge drop 
prodigy. We've never had to deal with that before, right? We haven't had to deal with, oh, all the episodes are here at the same time. So would we do, we pretend like it's coming out one a week and take 20 weeks? Or well, take. I, yeah, uh, I think from a podcast production standpoint, that would make more sense. We can string it out because not everybody's going to watch it in that first week that it's out. It, 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 it allows us to budget and analyze and then really do a good retrospective on one or two shows each episode. Because we do this show, in case you're not familiar, we do this show roughly every other week. So every two weeks, we've got two episodes when there's only one series running. And if it does overlap, we're going to have a boatload of content. And if they binge it, I don't think it'd be fair to the listener to try and cover 10 or even 20 shows in one week. Right. So, yeah, and I think the, the, the trick will be for us is that means that we really shouldn't watch it ahead either. Correct. Because if we know where the story leads, yep. that kind of colors how we feel about it. And, and we're story. likely to spill some spoilers, too. Yeah, that's true, too. It's like, oh, no, 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 that's not till next week. You, you're talking about something that hasn't, we're not, we're not talking about those yet. Shut up, Craig. <laughs> so we don't know what Netflix plan is for it. Nope. We just, you know, it could, they could be doing it week to week. Cause they do do some that are not completely binge dump the whole thing at once. So, um, that may be their plan or their plan may be, Hey, we got Star Trek now. So we're going to go up against Paramount plus. I, I don't Good know. luck with that. Uh, you got, you got one arrow and they've got a whole arsenal, but anyway, we'll see. We shall, we shall see. All right. Anything else we need to cover this time around? No, I think we pretty much covered it all. Good stuff with the stories. And uh, it, it felt it felt light because we only covered one episode. <laughs> We're done in under an hour. Well, <laughs> next week we get to cover none episodes. <laughs> yeah, well, we, next, next, next time. Oh, I'm going to have to go back to that uh, book that's on my nightstand. <laughs> right. So we, we have... Um, for the listeners out there, we have been kicking around some plans for what we're going to be doing uh, between now and when Discovery premieres, which is still set for sometime early in 2024. My guess is we'll get a date on that soon because now the actors can talk about it. And I'm sure that's one of the things that was holding back this whole thing was you don't have anybody going to junk it. You don't have anybody doing yeah. you know, any. So you can't do your ready rooms. You can't do anything. And so I, you know, now that things are back up and running, hopefully we'll get a, a date for it. Maybe we can that. call in some guests. Maybe so. Maybe so. We've got some friends of Star Trek that have not been on for a while, and we've got some others that have not been on at all. So time to start re shaking the tree. Okay. Uh, but other than that, it's time to refill the dilithium chamber and try to warp on out of here. And uh, I was going to ask the same question I asked last time around when you were in here and Craig was here, but who speaks for you guys? <laughs> Clearly not Craig. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. where he is? Who knows? Maybe he's watching this live from the hotel room because he's got jet lag. Uh, I speak for us. You can find us by searching for Technorama Podcast anywhere on the internet. You will find our show over at chuckchat.com, Technorama. We do that weekly when we're both around. Obviously, we got a little bit of a hiatus here uh, due to 
vacations and whatnot, but we cover a whole bunch of fun tech, science, sci-fi news and stories, some things you wouldn't believe. So join us for Technorama Podcast. And you can find me, Clinton, at Comedy Forecast, all one word, with the number four, dot com. I just finished uh, premiering the last episode of my big story for 2023, Big Shot. It uh, came out today. So if you want to hear that entire story, you can start with episode one of Big Shot by going to comedyforecast.com slash 2023 for the 2023 Finish story. It just in time. <laughs> Indeed. Whew. Made it. All right. So it's time to hit the theme, boys. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend about it and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on the forward site formerly known as Twitter at The Topic is Trek. Visit our Facebook page or visit thetopicistrek.com. Until next time, on behalf of Chuck the missing Craig and myself. I'm Clinton thanking you for listening. And as we always say here on the topic is Trek, don't Don't put put on on the the red shirt. shirt. Craig's okay, right? He did did take uh, his phaser with him. Yes. Uh, He took a red shirt. (laughs) 